1: You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love For those at every campus, those watching on the internet campus, on the Harvest app, on everywhere, we're so excited that you're with us today. I am excited to get into this word for you today. I believe it's gonna really speak to you today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Y'all ready for the word? Hallelujah. Lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. remain standing if you would. go to Ezekiel chapter 37 Ezekiel chapter 37 somebody say I'm walking through the valley valley. say it like you mean it say I'm walking through the valley valley. Uh, that's important because you can't get stuck while you're walking through and when you're walking through you can't turn back because I think some of y'all that say Bishop I'm too far out there to turn back now I think as some of y'all say, I made too much progress to even play like I'm going to turn back now. I'm, I'm too far into this thing. Ezekiel 37, verse number one, we're going to read about 10 verses. Remain standing with me. It says, Then the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit or ruach or breath of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. Every now and then, God needs to take you out and talk to you. Uh, and it was full of bones. Say, full of bones verse 2 then he caused me to pass by them all around so not only was it full of bones but then God said look at all of this and behold there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry say real dry (laughs) and he said to me son of man can these bones live I love it when God asks questions because God ain't asking to find nothing out and he said to me son of man can these bones live so I answered oh Lord God you know somebody shout Lord you know Lord, am I ever going to get out of this financial mess? Lord, you know. Lord, is my family ever going to turn around? Lord, you know. Are these generational curses ever going to be broken? Lord, you know. Somebody shout, Lord, you know. Verse 4. Again, he said to me, prophesy or speak to or declare to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Notice here a human being is having a conversation with bones. Now, you're not hearing what I'm saying. A human being is having a conversation with inanimate objects, which teaches me something that everything has an ear to hear. Y'all, y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Your money can hear you. Your body can hear you. Your, your children can hear you. Your car can hear you. Anybody ever had to speak to your car to make sure that thing was? Okay. Don't look at me like, I know y'all bougie in Denver, but don't look at me like you ain't never had to pray before you turn the ignition. Father, in the name of Jesus, please let this thing, because I, verse six, or verse five rather, thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I'll put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath into you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Just look at somebody and say, God's going to do this thing to settle your unbelief. God said you ain't never ever gonna doubt me again once I get done with this verse 7 so I prophesied or spoke as I was commanded and as I prophesied there was a noise somebody shout noise and suddenly that's a good part right there shout suddenly a rattling and then the bones began to come together bone to bone and indeed I, as I looked the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them on, over but there was no breath over them and then he said to me see I like God because God said no I'm going to do this thing all the way when I do it you're going to know I did it because it's going to be the best you've ever seen it's going to be the best you've ever had So God said, it ain't no enough for these bones just to stand up with some flesh on them. Verse 9, also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. Say, do what you're told. (laughs) See, I'm talking to your neighbor now because you're real spiritual, but your neighbor got a problem doing what they told. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and guess what? And breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood up upon their feet as an exceedingly great army. Now, before I get into this word today, I need this atmosphere to be right because somebody's breakthrough is going to happen today. I said before I preach this message, I need this atmosphere to be charged with faith. So I need somebody who knows that their dry bones are getting ready to come to life. I need somebody to just shout into worship and to praise God, to charge this atmosphere with faith today. If somebody's got faith to believe your dry bones are going to be standing as an army by the time you get up out of this church, I need you to shout in here. I said, I need you to shout in here. I said, I need some faith to rise up in this place. Father, I decrease now that you might increase. Speak now to us with such clarity that we might believe that this was custom-tailored just for us. I declare that this atmosphere is right for the miraculous. I said, I declare that this atmosphere is charged for the miraculous and today we're going to see dry bones rise up in the lives of people. We're going to see dead stuff rise up in the lives of people. Today is the day we exit the valley of dry bones and we believe that it is so in Jesus name. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, Just take your step. Take your step. Just take your step. If it's your first time, you're just taking one step forward saying, I'm coming out of this valley. I'm coming out of this valley. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're talking today about the Valley of Dry Bones. Say the Valley of Dry Bones. Uh, We've been in this series now for several weeks, and we're going to end the year this way. It's an incredible way to end the year strong, and I want to take this time to welcome all of those in all the overflow areas here at the Aurora campus. Y'all can make some noise for them. We're glad that you're here. We're glad you came to worship with us. I got a letter from a student. I got a letter from a student this last week that said, Hi, Bishop, I have a question. If a person is going through their valley and they give up on it, what should I do? You missed it. I said, Bishop, I have a question. If a person is going through their valley and they give up on it, what should I do? Now, y'all missed it. The the question isn't uh, how do I get through my own thing. The question is how do I help somebody else with their thing? (laughs) I like it that we got some students at Harvest that aren't just concerned about themselves. Question is, what should you do? It's real simple. You should buy them the CD today. And you should pray for them. Bible says that Job, God turned Job's captivity when Job began to pray for his friends. There's some stuff God says, I'm not doing nothing for you until you do something for somebody else. Then it says, I love you and I hope you stay the way you are because you are my leader and I want to be just as great as you are and that made my week this week i said ain't that all right say through the valley now 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 when we look at the story about ezekiel i want to start slow i'm gonna start in first gear and then y'all gonna have to help me turn to second gear and by the time we get to the end of this thing we ought to be in fifth gear just cruising on the highway like you're going out of town for christmas you follow what i'm saying touch your neighbor say stay with the man of god stay with the man of god Now, as we look at this, there are three things I want to give you with this valley of dry bones. The first thing uh, that caused this great uh, miraculous thing to happen for Ezekiel, uh, where these valley of very dry bones begin to stand up and become a great army. The first thing is Ezekiel thought right. He thought right. Somebody say he thought right. I love the Bible because the Bible says the Lord set Ezekiel down in the midst of the valley. God was the one that put Ezekiel right in the middle of the valley. It's interesting because Ezekiel's name in Hebrew literally means God will strengthen, which tells me that God often uses what seems to make you weaker to make you stronger. Sometimes God has to break you to build you. Sometimes he has to let you lose so that you can gain. Sometimes you got to go through so you can get to. So I like it because God says to Ezekiel, I'm going to put something that I strengthened in the midst of a valley. And notice, it was the Lord that placed him here. It wasn't his enemies. It wasn't the devil. It wasn't his haters. It was the Lord that set him in the midst of a valley. And you gotta understand, when God goes through the trouble of setting you in the midst of a valley, it must mean there's something you're supposed to get out of that thing. I wish you look at your neighbor and say, the devil couldn't do this one. The devil couldn't do that. Now, this one was too big for the enemy. He didn't have the power to do this one. This was one where God himself had to step in. And God says, or the word says, rather, that God placed Ezekiel in the midst or in the middle of the valley. Watch this, which means he's the same distance from the finish as he is from the beginning. You missed what I just said. Yeah, he's in the midst. Say the midst which means he's got the same amount of time to the end of the valley as he does from when he began the valley which suggests to me that you've come too far to not give it your all at this point you've made way too much progress to start trying to act like a punk now y'all ain't going to say nothing to me you've come way too far to turn back now because you've come into the kingdom for such a time as this I want you to high five your neighbor and say just walk this thing out man just You only got a little bit more to go, and it makes no sense to turn back now because you'll be at the beginning. And guess what? When you don't pass a test, that doesn't remove you from it. It just means you got to take it later on. And I think there's a few people in here that say, I don't want to take this valley again. I think it's a few folk that say, I'm glad that I'm almost to the end of it. But this hell, I don't want to go through this hell again. I don't want to have these tears again. I don't want to have these problems again. I might as well just finish. How have somebody say finish. Yeah. So watch this. Watch this. God, God sets Ezekiel in the midst of a bunch of problems. Dry human bones. And then God says, deal with it. You, you ever thought you was going to tell God, I'm not dealing with that? And then God said, "Oh, you're not." And then He sets you right in the middle of it and say, "Deal with it." God God sets Ezekiel in the midst of a bunch of problems. Watch this, and they weren't even His problems. You'll catch that later. Uh, they were somebody else's problems. But it says, Ezekiel, you're going to be the one to deal with him. Some of the stuff your neighbor's dealing with ain't even stuff they started. It's generational stuff that started before them. And some of the struggles and some of the issues they've got came from generations before them. So God sets him in the middle of the valley and says, now you're going to deal with this. Look at somebody and say, you got to deal with this. And matter of fact, the Bible goes on to say that he makes him walk around and look at all of the problems. And as he's looking at all of the problems, he can't even number them. So he just says many. Can we just ask a question for a moment? You ever had so many issues at one time that you couldn't count them? You just had to say it was many. Okay, your neighbor's not going to be real this morning, but, but you ever had so many problems to where somebody said, well, tell me what's going on. You just started talking, and before you got to the end of your conversation, it just got so overwhelming talking about the issues that you couldn't even count the issues. You just said, I got a lot. The Bible says that there were many. Say many. Now, 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 look at this. He, he makes him look at all the problems, and he can't number them. Now, now watch this. Now, take this out. Now, I'm, I'm going to try to do this, Harvest. I've not been able to do this in seven and a half years, so I, I really like it if y'all give me the opportunity to revelate for just a moment. Because some of you are trying to say, well, Bishop... What really are the dry bones? What, what, what really are dry bones? They're just problems? They're just issues? Are they just things that we have to deal with? Well, certainly that's one level. Uh, literally in the scripture here, we're dealing with the house of Israel. God was prophesying about uh, 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 something that would take place in the years to come. And we know from biblical prophetic history that the specific prophecies we're reading in Ezekiel 37 have not yet been fulfilled. So there's several layers. Say several layers. Uh, The first layer, the literal layer, we're talking about the house of Israel rising up, but specifically here when it says a valley of dry bones, this has a very poignant meaning to me because seven and a half years ago, God set me in a valley called Denver. Bishop, what do you mean? The word Denver means valley that was once green come on don't beat it come on okay I can't even revelate at my own church come on here He, he said, the word Denver means valley that was once green hence uh, one of the suburbs to the north called Green Valley Ranch but they didn't just pull that out the sky uh, that's from the etymology of the word Denver so he sets me in this valley and then this valley is full of dry bones in other words he said this is a place where you're not supposed to be able to start from scratch and build a multicultural church that's changing lives that's not supposed to happen for a man of of, of your, shall we say, pedigree. Y'all ain't gonna hear what I'm saying. And, 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 and so this takes a specific meaning for me because literally I have watched God by speaking to a valley of dry bones raise up a mighty army <laughs> of world changers and history makers and curse breakers and line crossers. Somebody shout, we are that army. Yeah. But then now watch this. When we deal with it very specifically from a biblical standpoint, we understand that the word bones here comes from a Hebrew word, etsem, (laughs) E-T-S-E-M, note takers. Now, this is from the rock your world. Now, this doesn't rock your world. It's because you don't speak the king's English. And uh, I encourage you to learn the king's English. Now, now watch this. Say "Valley valley of etsem. Now now watch this. Watch this. This is going to get you. You ready? The first definition of the word bones here is literally bones. Pretty simple, right? Here's the second definition, though. Self. Valley of dry self. Bishop what does that mean? Uh, This is when you get frustrated with some stuff about yourself and you say God I'm thankful that you love me but frankly I'm sick of that part of me and so I know that you love me but I want to be better. Is there anybody that says I'm glad that he loves me just as I am but I got some stuff that I'm sick of myself. said the right that I want to do I don't find myself doing that but the wrong that I don't want to do I seem to be finding myself doing that oh wretched man that I am is there anybody in here that says God I'm glad you love me as I am but because you love me it's some stuff I know I want to change I I wish there were some people who said I've had a valley of dry self for too long that would shout right there (laughs) literally 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 It's a valley of when you get sick of you. This ain't a valley where you sick of them and that and this and that. It's a valley where you look in the mirror and say, it's time for you to change. This is a valley where you look at yourself and say, stop acting like a fool. It's a valley where you say, you're too grown to be lying like this. It's a a valley where you say, you're too spiritually mature to be broke like this. You You know too much about God to be jacked up like this. Who am I preaching to? And I'm glad that he loves me. And I'm glad that he loves me unconditionally. But because of that love, that love motivates me to change. Because he loves me, I want to be better. But look, but look, but look, but look. Watch this. Oh, no, it gets better. And if y'all would help me, I could revelate. Some of y'all don't know what revelating is because you've lived in Denver, so they don't do that here. Watch this. The second definition of bones is pains. P-A-I-N-S. Not pain, but pains. Very significant. Check this out. Valley of dry pain. Check this out. Not from others, but pains from your growth and change. (laughs) See, some of y'all, the pain you call yourself feeling is because you're finally growing up. Some of y'all, the pain you call yourself feeling is you realizing where well, you thought you were strong. You finally figured out you wasn't quite as strong as you thought you were. Some of you thought you were patient to this year where well, you had to wait a long time. And you figured out, I guess I got some pains here. I ain't as patient as I thought I was. It, it, it is a valley of pain from your change. L- listen to me. You can only grow to the threshold of your pain saying, If you go to the gym and you start uh, uh, curling 10-pound 10, 10 weights, got it? Okay, that's good to start. That's nice. That's good. But if you've been in the gym for three months and you're still on them 10-pound weights, what we have is called a problem. Bishop, what's the problem? You ain't growing. Bishop, why am I not growing? Because you don't want the pain of the 20-pound weight. But you're not going to get the results you want unless you can increase your threshold of pain. And for some of you, the valley of dry bones you've been dealing with is that God has been increasing your pain threshold so that he can increase your. Y'all ain't getting it. Maybe they'll talk to me over here. He's been increasing your pain threshold so that he can increase your ability to grow because you keep saying you want to do great stuff in life. Well, God says, well, I got to stretch you a little bit and you want to be great. You want to do this and you want to do this. Well, I got to stretch you a little bit. Oh, and I need to tell you, when I stretch you, it's going to hurt a little bit. But watch this. It gets better. High five. Somebody says it gets better. It means, oh, my God. Bones. etsum The third definition. See, this is this is why this is why it's so important. This is why I teach the way I do. Because you look at the word bones and see bones, and the average preacher looks at the word bones and sees bones, but there's so much more to that word bones than meets the eye. It means this, y'all. Same. S a m e. Valley of dry. Same old same. It implies that this is a valley where you realize the same old way of life just ain't going to work no more. Okay, apparently I ain't got nobody up in here that is just... This is a valley where you say, God, I'm thankful, but this ain't gonna work no more. Failure ain't gonna work no more. Being average ain't gonna work no more. Being lazy ain't gonna work no more. Being passive ain't gonna work no more. Sitting up collecting a check from the government ain't gonna work no more. Having lack ain't gonna work no more. Messed up marriage ain't gonna work no more. Bad kids ain't gonna work no more. This won't work no... It's a valley where the same just ain't going to work no more. It just, I know that's not good English. It just ain't going to work no more. It was good to get me through 2013. But if you think I'm taking that with me into this new year, you must be smoking dope because it ain't going to work no. But now watch this. now being a failure ain't gonna work no more I'm sick of, who in here is sick of failing who in here is sick of making mistakes who in here is sick of being low who's sick of being the tail when you're supposed to be the head, if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, I wish you let the devil know this morning sick of that sick of that Sick of working and ain't got nothing to show for. Who am I talking to? Sick of praying and ain't seeing results because you mess up the results. Uh, but then, I got to move. But then, the definition of bones. Watch this. Watch the, watch the turn. I love the Bible. Oh my God, I love it. Watch the turn. Bones. It, it means. Y- y'all sit down. Y'all sit down. Because this is only the first point. And I ain't even. I ain't got to do nothing. This is set up. Watch this. It means strength. Yeah. But, but you see the turn? Wait a minute. How do we go from same? How do we go? How, how we get from pains because of growth? How do we get from being frustrated with things about yourself to strength? Uh, it's real simple. The word here, exim, when it says strength, The implication is that the strength is needed when you begin to do something greater than your average normal. So in other words, watch this. He says the valley of dry bones is a valley where you tap into a strength that you didn't need to be the whack you. Let me translate. The whack you is the old version of you. The one that worried about everything, prayed about nothing. The one that will cuss somebody out in a minute. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing. And look at your neighbor, because maybe some of y'all ain't quite crossed that bridge yet. But tell your neighbor, say, but I'm sure working on it. I'm sure, sure working on it. What's this? It means, it means that this is a valley where you tap into a strength that you've not needed before because you've never had to go to the level of achievement you've been at now. You do not need Jet Fool to run your Toyota. But you need a whole nother level of energy, a whole nother level of strength when you're talking about flying somewhere. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. So God says, in this valley of dry bones, it's a place where you tap into a level of strength. Which brings me, watch this, to the final definition of the word bones, which is going to really rock your world like wander, awful, of and limit color. Watch this. It means wood. W-O-O-D. What, Bishop? Now, how does this one word mean all of this? What's this? I found out something about wood. I, I got, we got some real handy folks. Well, a couple of handy folks that I know about. We got the handy folks around the church that, that, that I can give them some toothpicks and some gum. And they can build me a massive structure. <laughs> oh, watch this. Watch this. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me, Harvest. You only need wood when you're getting ready to build something. Y'all not hear what I'm saying? Y'all not hear what I'm saying? I don't need wood to maintain. I need wood to repair and to rebuild and to build. You're not hearing what I'm saying? So when the scripture says this is a valley of dry bones, what he's saying is this is a valley where you actually begin to build. Yeah, yeah, Y'all didn't get it, y'all didn't get it Because some of you still stuck on how did it mean all these other things So let me just make it real simple for you This is a valley where the pain you experience from your growth and change Because you're sick and frustrated of some of the things about yourself Brings you to the realization that the same old same just ain't gonna work no more And you need some strength to get your wood So you can build something you've never built before so the valley of dry bones is a valley that truth be told you need to be celebrating and shouting about Because it's in this valley that God says I'm getting ready to upgrade you It's in this valley where God says we're getting ready to build something I hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard it, neither has it entered into Your mom and them would never dream of you seeing what you're getting ready to see in your life I wish some builders would shout right there So now let me put this together. Let me put this together. Let me make this make sense. valley, valley of dry bones. Let me make this make sense. I'm going to make this make sense. Watch this. Watch this. Make God's question to Ezekiel his question to you today. Some of you came in here. Lord, I just want you to speak to me. He has been speaking to you for 16 minutes and 32 seconds. Uh, Bishop, what are you trying to say? Uh, Watch this. Watch this. (laughs) God's asking you, can these dry bones live. Can you endure the pain of growth and change because you're sick of the same old you so you can build something new and fresh? That's why some of you felt like lately. You just say, I just don't, I don't even know. I just don't feel like myself. Can I, can I make you an announcement? That's the idea. The level of intellect and spirituality that got you to where you are was enough to get you to where you are, but it's not enough to get you further than where you are because it was only enough to get you to where you are. Y'all not hear what I'm saying. I can't ride from here to Memphis on the tank of gas uh, uh, that I went from Memphis to here from. I got to get a new tank of gas. I need another level of strength so that I can... All right. Now now watch this. And then I try to catch a flight because that's 16 hours. That's too long. (laughs) <laughs> now, now watch this watch this I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this make sense for you because some of y'all you, you're still a little befuddled that's all right I'm gonna bring in watch this touch your neighbor say stay with, stay with him here's my question y'all why did God ask Ezekiel can they live if he was going to make Ezekiel have to handle the situation anyhow God didn't do nothing to the bones he didn't make the bon- God didn't do nothing well why, why would God go through the trouble of asking Ezekiel a question if he was going to make Ezekiel do the work anyhow, that's, that's what some of y'all are dealing with. God, why would you ask me if I got to do this and, and, and I'm still the one that's got to do the work? See, see, a lot of people think when you become a Christian that God's just supposed to do everything for you. And, and, and I need to let you in on a secret. This is real simple, real simple, real simple. You work like it depends on you. But you pray like it depends on God. Which means God says, I don't need you being no lazy Christian because he's not a deadbeat dad. <laughs> God don't owe you no kind of child support. You ain't hear what I'm saying. He ain't never late. He... <laughs> so, 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 so now watch this. He, he asked him this question. Can these dry bones live? Knowing full well, God wasn't going to do nothing except tell him what to do, but he was still going to have to do it. Look at him So you got to do your work. Watch this. Here it is. Second gear. God never asked questions to learn something. He asks questions to see our response and our response indicates how we think. The way you respond in trouble indicates what's really going on inside of you. All your Hita Mitsubishi, Subaru and Honda at church, that's cute. But when you hit hell on Monday, that tells me what's really going on in you check this out check this out check this out god needed to know watch this i'm going to introduce a new word to you god needed to know whether or not ezekiel was a negaholic oh it's real and it's clinical what's this negaholic n-e-g-a-h-o-l-i-c-s now now i said bishop i've never ever heard that well keep coming to harvest you'll learn a lot watch this watch this According to Dr. Sheree Carter-Scott, negaholics are people who become addicted to self-doubt and negativity. They find the bad in most things and are hardly ever satisfied. Negaholism is a syndrome in which people unconsciously limit their own innate abilities and convince themselves that they can't have what they want and sabotage their own wishes, desires, and dreams. Uh Uh Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Don't try to judge your neighbor. I'm talking to you. Uh, Negaholics, watch this self-impose limitations on happiness joy and fulfillment and their beliefs attitudes and perceptions keep them restricted constrained and curtailed god said ezekiel i need to know whether or not you're going to put limits on me that i haven't put on me I need to know whether or not Ezekiel you're going to limit yourself in a way that I haven't limited you. Let me give it to you in layman's term. A negaholic is a person addicted to negativity and self-doubt. Ezekiel, can these dry bones live? Well, Lord, I've never done it before. See, you got a problem. Your problem is you answer questions nobody asked you. God didn't ask him, uh, how you going to do it? God just said, can I'm going to help you figure out whether or not you need to break negaholism because some of y'all was judging other holics oh y'all ain't going to say nothing you were judging other holics but the truth is you had your own holic which was negaholic and if if I was in the south I'd I'd really work that right there I'm going to clean it up though I'll say it at Bible college later on (laughs) Now, now, now look at this, 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 look at this. Look at this. Look at this. C- can your family ever get it together? Well, Lord, this is all we know. I-, I didn't ask you that. Your response indicates that you are negaholic. Did you ever be out of debt? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, just as long as I got enough money to pay my bill. Well, then stop sending in prayer requests for money then. can you be healed well you know I just learned to take my medicine and just I just take my medicine and just you know I'm happy just to whatever the doctor say negaholic are your children ever going to serve the Lord well you know they just, they just they just act so crazy bishop they just crazy uh-huh they just crazy uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> nobody asks you were they crazy you are negaholic you are addicted to your doubt is 2014 going to be a good year for you well, I don't want to say nothing because I said 2013 was going to be good and it wasn't and so I don't want to say nothing about 2014 I don't want to jinx it what? now I want to know who your drain old provider is Because you've been drinking copious quantities of it. Nobody asked you what happened last time you tried. Stop judging tomorrow by yesterday. Tomorrow is a brand new day. And maybe it didn't work yesterday. Maybe it didn't work last year. But this is a brand new day. And this is a brand new year. And I will not judge my future by my past. so, so God asked him, God asked him, I'm still in point one, God asked him, he, he, he said, I need to know whether or not you're a negaholic, I says, listen to me, y'all, what you hear introduces thoughts, even if what you hear isn't what was said, negaholics filter everything they hear through the lenses of negativity and doubt and boundaries and boxes. So negaholics hear somebody say, well, you could do better at this as, well, you're a failure. That ain't what they said. But a negaholic, watch this, they don't listen, they interpret. Okay, it's real real quiet. I must have a whole room of negaholics. Where's my doctor's jacket? Because I need to switch roles for a moment. What's what's this? What's this? God doesn't ask Ezekiel. Listen to me, y'all. How to make them live. He asked them, could they live? Which means God was not asking Ezekiel, did he have the power to do it? He was asking Ezekiel, did he have the obedience to believe? You're not hearing what I'm saying. God is not asking you how that thing you've been praying for is going to happen. He's asking you if. And can I tell you what the answer is in case you don't know? The answer is yes. Second Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him they are amen. Which means the answer to God's question is always yes. Or can you be healed? Yes. Can you come out of debt? Yes. Can your family turn around? Yes. Can your children serve the Lord? Yes. Can you get past that betrayal? Yes. Can you be past that pain? Yes. Can you get past that depression? The answer is... Watch this. Watch this. I'm on the move. We're still in second gear. Watch this. Now changing, being a negaholic can seem complicated because the truth is, most people have thought their way, that way their whole life. Can we be honest? How many people, as you're hearing about this nigga haller you're like, God dog. Oh. Translation, God dog means, ooh, wee, some of that stuff. Now, don't confuse ignorance with optimism. Because they both create a feeling of bliss. <laughs> Watch this now. Watch this now. Watch this. Watch this. Uh, how many people, if we're honest, this is have a real honest moment. See, you're at Harvest, so you ain't got to lie here. You ain't got to pretend and put your church face on because you ain't fooling nobody. <laughs> so, so, can we have, how many people, if you're honest, at some point this year, you've suffered from a little bit of negaholism this, this year? All right, this is okay. Okay. All right. I, had, I needed to put up more than my hands. I needed my feet to testify to that. Check this out. Now, here's the deal. It can be difficult to change your thought process when, you, when you've become accustomed to it. So, check this out. Say there's a shortcut. Okay, now check this out. Proverbs 23.7. I've taught on this before, but I want you to see this because we're getting you out of this valley of dry bones. I said we're getting you out of this valley of dry bones. Look what it says. For as he thinks in his heart, heart here in Hebrew is mind. For as he thinks in his mind, so is he. Now, it goes on, uh, and, and it proves another point, but, but the first part of the verse has a very poignant meaning, a very significant meaning. It says, as you think, so you are. Now, no, 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 look at me. Tell me saying, well, Bishop, how do I stop being negative? It's real simple. If the scripture says, for as you think in your heart, so you are, then that also means... As a man is, so are his thoughts. Come on, be a good class. Be a good class. Now, I'm going to wait until I get 100% understanding here. Because I don't want to move on to the second point, And you ain't got the first one. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So then, as a man is, so are his thoughts. Okay, some of you are saying, Bishop, help me out here. Help me out here. Some of you keep trying to change your thoughts... And the issue is you've just got to do it and let your mind catch up. You didn't hear what I just said. Rather than waiting on your mind to change, you do it, and then eventually your mind's going to catch up. Because if as I think, so am I, then as I am, so are my thoughts. Which means if I just start walking by faith, eventually my mind's going to think faith. If I just start loving and forgiving, then eventually my mind is going to catch up. If I just start taking steps of faith, then eventually my thoughts will catch up. Let me give you an example. You ever heard this saying "fake it till you make it"? Yes, sir. Uh, now, take this out. I remember, I, <laughs> I remember, I was, uh, I was, I was long time ago. I was, I was believing God to to accomplish something, and uh, and I was believing to accomplish that. And and, and while I was believing to accomplish that, um, you know, folks like, "Well, why are you doing this? And why are you doing this? And why are you doing that?" I said, "Because I am going through the process of making my mind change." Which means I realize it doesn't make sense for me to be doing this b- because I am not yet technically that. But if I start doing that, then eventually my mind is gonna catch up. So I can change my negative thoughts rather than focusing on them. I'll just start doing it. Let, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Some of you say, Well, let me just use something real practical. Real practical, okay. Some of you say, Bishop. I can't tithe because there's not enough money. That's what your mind has told you. Okay? Now, the book says, it's real clear. The book says if you don't do it, you're robbing God. And that's the book. Am I judging? Am I beating you up? That's the book. Good luck robbing him. I mean, he got cameras everywhere. <laughs> so like, I got away. Oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> okay, now that's the book. That's the Bible. You don't have to like it. It's the Bible. I don't care if you don't like it. Now, watch this. Watch this. Now, take this out. Some of you say, well, I can't do it. Until I get this and this and this and this and this and once that happens, I'll do it The problem is you've now told your mind how to perpetually remain a negaholic Because your mind is never going to release you to thinking that you can because you've told it what you need to get past it Oh god, I wish you I wish I had time to work this so, in other words, the way I reverse that—touch your neighbor, say reverse it. <laughs> see, you got to reverse it. Uh-huh, you got to reverse it. Uh, the way I reverse it is that I start doing it, and then I make my mind catch up to what I'm doing. Some of you got bitterness. Some of you got bitterness, and you're real bitter. And you got a real stank attitude. I can see it. Some of y'all come in here, and you got stank all over you. Just look. touch your neighbor. <laughs> no one, that ain't no touch. Because you stank. And that's okay, because by the time you leave out of here, we're going to wash you up real nice. You're going to be Irish, spring, and clean by the time we get done with you. That's all right. I got a stank anointing that I can knock the stank right up off of you. So look at me with your arms folded all you want, stank. I'm going to get you unstunk. (laughs) You ain't scared nobody. (laughs) Just looking stank. It's okay. I got an anointing to beat through the stank. (laughs) Now watch this. Now watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Watch this. Cause because then we're going to the third gear. Watch this. watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. So rather than waiting on your mind to tell you, okay, you can start loving people now. What you do is begin to love people and treat people the way you want to be treated. And then eventually your mind will catch up. Are you getting what I'm saying? Some of you, some of you, some of you, some of you, some of you you, you got forgiveness issues. You're mad and you're mad as Gehenna. Gehenna is a Greek word for hot trash and it's another Greek word for hell. Literally, Gehenna was a trash heap outside of the city and they called it hell. Now, watch this. Some of you, you said, well, I just don't feel like I've forgiven them yet. So when I feel it, then I'll do it. Well, no wonder none of your prayers have been answered. Because the book says, if you have anything against your neighbor, get that right first. Because when you come to God, God says, I can't forgive you until you forgive them. So some saying, Bishop, ain't nothing happening. God says, I know ain't nothing happening because I ain't processed none of your requests. Because I can't process a request when it's got unforgiveness stamped on it. So rather than feeling like I've forgiven them, I take the actions of someone that's forgiven them. So when I see them, even though I want to cuss, I'm like, hey, good morning. How you doing? Okay, y'all ain't going to be real. Maybe y'all will be real over here. Uh, even though I really want to tell you where to get off at, I tell de- hey, how you doing? Ain't God good? Ain't God all right? Can I pray for you? The truth is, is I really want to cuss you smooth out. But can I pray for you because I got to do it until my mind catches up. I learned this year something about myself. Y'all okay? Yeah. Tell me how much time I got. I learned something. I learned something. I, I learned something this year that I, I wasn't as patient as I thought I was. <laughs> I learned this year that I really wasn't as patient as I thought I was. I thought I was real patient. I said, Lord, I am patient. I am long-suffering. I mean, I said, Lord, and, and some things transpired this year. And the Lord told me, He said, "Now look at that." I said, "Oh, I'm not patient as I thought. In fact, when I look at the lack of patience that I have, I don't know if I ever could qualify as patient." Don't you look at me with that tone of judgment? So the Lord, the Lord gave me some scenarios to where, in those scenarios, He literally, on the spot, could stretch my patience. And he said, now, you got one or two options here. He said, watch this. You, you, you can revert. Watch this. You can revert to the same old way. Or you can stretch. Y'all not hear what I'm saying. Because in the Valley of Dry Bones, you got to get sick of the same old way. And you got to get with the stretch. Y'all not hear what I'm saying. So I just began to do things to be more patient. Intentionally. Stuff that used to make my blood boil. I just. I used to be a mic thrower. I ain't throwing a mic in a, in a little while. I ain't throwing a mic. Somebody celebrate my progress. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. If the sound wasn't quite right, one year on watching on New Year's Eve. One year on New Year's Eve, uh, something was going on with the mic. And I told, I, they was, I was flashing them and throwing all kind of gang signs at them to get my mic right. And the mic wasn't right. And so I just, I just said, okay. And so I turned around and I just chucked the mic. I was trying to throw it in my seat. But somebody was standing in front of my seat. But I didn't feel bad because that person needed to get knocked upside the head. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't feel bad. I didn't. I really didn't. Pray for me. I said, Well, they need the matter of fact. Give me your mic <laughs> and give me your mic because <laughs> I'm just being funny. Now, I, 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 I didn't mean to hit nobody, I just turned around and threw it because I knew where my seat sat on the stage. You see on stage, so I knew where my seat sat. so I just tossed it back and all that. And, is what you're trying to say, I have made progress. No mics have suffered at the hands of the bishop in the last few months. (laughs) Do you get the point? You do it and then your mind will catch up. If you're waiting on your mind, the problem is, is that your mind has now been taught what to do to impose limitations on you. Anybody don't know how to swim or scared of water? Okay. That's okay. You can be honest. All right. Here's the deal. Where'd that come from? Okay, Now, watch this. I, I used to have that thing. I used to have that thing. And I told y'all the story. I was swimming. And, uh, well, I was on the wall. <laughs> Little kid. I remember the story. It's so funny, the things you remember. I, I remember I was on the wall. And uh, I was just going and going along the wall. And that was my way of swimming. I kind of put my leg out in the water. <laughs> I thought I was swimming, you know. And so and so And so I did that. And, 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 and then somebody pushed me out into the water, and, uh, uh, and you know, I just thought my life was going in. I said, well, Lord, I guess here it is. I'm ready to go, Lord. Come on, take me up. And, uh, you know, it felt like I was drowning and, and you know, all that. And, and so, for, watch this. For a while, I had this subconscious. That's where your spirit is. I had this subconscious fear of swimming. Now, don't judge me. So, Bishop, how could you cast out devils in you? Speak to cancer and cancer come. How you do all that? And you scared of water? The same way you scared of trusting God? You know, don't, don't you point your finger at me? At least I'm honest about mine. I can own my truth. So people be like, "Oh, we are gonna do a swim part?" I was like, "I will catch you at the next one." <laughs> come, are you are gonna go swim it? No, man, I ain't gonna be able to do that. I ain't gonna be. Now I get in the hot tub because my feet can touch the floor. But what you asking me to do is this something I'm not going to do. So eventually, what, what I did is I said, you know what? I am no longer going to be bound by something that happened to me as a child. And that's where some of you are at today. You're 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, but you're still stuck at what happened to you when you were eight. You're still stuck at what happened to you when you were nine. So I got in the pool. And the Lord sets some things up. I, I, I shot a movie one year for uh, for, an organ- for promise keepers, and, um, and and so they took me. I told y'all so before. They took me up to this uh, to the to the, the thing up in in the springs, and that big old pool they got there at the academy, where the pool is like 400 feet deep. It's like 400 feet deep. They got sharks and whales, all kinds of stuff in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. But I had to get deep enough in the water. Because there was a little window where they would shoot, they would shoot through, and they had to get me coming up in the water. And, and so I was, you know, I didn't, I didn't tell them. I was like, y'all, I'm, I didn't tell them, you know, I'm scared of getting in the water stuff. I was like, oh, I got that, okay. So when we sweeten the, the swim scene, oh, okay, all right, you know. So I was like, <coughs> I don't know if I feel up to sweeten the swim scene today. You know how some of y'all do? When it's time to go to church. I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing with you. If y'all would help me, I could move on to third gear. Here's the point I'm making. Here's the point I'm making. Here's the point I'm making. I jumped in the first time. They're like, that's not deep enough. They're like, you got to go deeper because you didn't get down to the window. They said, you barely got through the surface. I said, well, it felt like eternity to me. (laughs) So I forget how many times. I forgot how many times. And then I eventually had to do it. I had to get all the way down to this window, which was very close to the very bottom of the pool because it was an underwater window and I had to get in there and I began to conquer it and so then now every time I travel I always make sure they have me in a hotel where there's a pool because it is always on my agenda to get in the pool and go swimming now somebody say Bishop here's the point I did it and then eventually my mind would catch up with me now, I'm using very simple illustrations so that you get the point, but apply it in your own life. There's certain stuff that you're afraid of, but you're only afraid of it because you're waiting on your mind to tell you it's okay. And I need you to understand that sometimes your mind is not going to tell you it's okay until it's too late. And you'll be a day late and a dollar short. So, rather than waiting on your mind, just do it and your mind will catch up. <laughs> Did you get that? Yes, sir. You sure you got that? Yes, all, right, all, right, all right, all right, All right. It took me a little while to make that point, so we've got to move to the other ones, fast. Y'all got it? All right, so here's the second thing. Say point number two. Say it again, point number two. Not only did he think right, but then he spoke right. Now, now, listen to this. He was obedient to speak something that made no sense. Now, we look at the story and say, wow, this is so great. How awesome. But could you imagine if God told you to speak to some bones? Ezekiel, can these bones live? He's like, well, you know. Okay, good. Speak to them. To what? <laughs> to the bones. These bones? No, man, the bones down there. say, Yes, these bones. Okay. All right. <laughs> here's the question. Even though Ezekiel was a man of God, here's my question. He had never seen bone come to bone. That's right. That's right. Then here's the deal. Uh, uh, I'm sure at some point he was thinking to himself, well, God, I don't even know which bone is which. Right. Which bone goes where? Now, is that the tibula or the femur or the knee? What is that? Is that the arm bone? But what does what, what that go to? Is it okay if we're missing a few? Will they be all right if we're missing a few? What, 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 what's, this? What, what, what's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? Then I'm sure he thought, God, this is going to take forever. I'm never going to be through this, God. This is going to take forever. Because this, how many bones? Many. How many things am I trying to press through? Many. How many things are trying to come against me? So, 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 so. Watch this. It wasn't a test about the bones. It was a test of Ezekiel's obedience. Say he spoke right. He spoke right. Now check this out. When he speaks to the bones, verse four says, "Prophesy to these bones, or speak to the bones." The Bible says that there were two noises. The first noise was when the bones came together. The Bible says they began to rattle. Say rattle. Hear me, often when you're beginning to get things in order, there's going to be noise. But the noise you're experiencing might not be bad. It could be that stuff is finally coming together. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Somebody was saying, Bishop, it seemed like I started doing right, and then all of a sudden stuff got noisy. Good. That means stuff is finally starting to come together. Sometimes noise ain't problem. Sometimes noise is order. And sometimes before it gets clean, it's got to get dirty. And sometimes before it gets better, it's got to get a little worse. Touch your neighbor say, don't be scared of the noise. But then now watch this, the second noise, the Bible says in verse 11, that after the bones had stood up and they were this great army, and the bones said, oh my God, come on, come on, be a good class. Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, how the bones talk it? The bones said, okay, we just got to move. Watch this, watch this. The bones said our bones are dry and our hope is lost and we ourselves are cut off. In other words, the bones were saying we can't see beyond the state that we're in. The bones were saying, we can't see ourselves any greater than what we are. And you got to understand, the second noise you're going to deal with is sometimes your problems are going to begin to talk to you. And the problems are going to begin to say to you, this ain't going to work. This ain't going to happen. You're going to fail like you did last time. You're going to mess up like you did last time. Don't you go out there using your, who am I talking to? Sometimes your problems will begin to talk to you. But can I give you a revelation, Harvest? Yes. Yes. Jesus Christ. Can I give you a revelation? Yes. The second noise occurred after the bones had already come together. You missed it. The bones started complaining only after there was progress. Which means if your problems are talking real loud to you, what they're telling you is you've made more progress than you knew you'd made. You've come further along than you'd known that you had come. They were talking, but they were only talking after they had come together. Now watch this. the only thing that could change the bones was when Ezekiel prophesied or spoke the word so I mean sometimes you got to look at your bones and I know we don't have most well some folks don't have dial up no more um, uh, but y'all remember AOL uh, remember, remember when you'd have mail what did it say come on do it like it did it some of y'all don't know nothing about that because all y'all know is high speed cable internet you don't know what it is to have <laughs> And then if somebody picked up the phone while you were trying to connect, like I was just in the middle of downloading what I needed and you didn't shut my connection off. Picking up the phone, put the phone down. Shout this, say bones, you've got mail. What's the mail? The mail is the word of God. Isaiah 55:11. now I feel like we can go to third gear here. Isaiah 55:11 says, "Show shall, shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I've sent it." You're missing what I'm saying? That means when I speak the word of God to my bones, the book says that that word is not going to come to me. It's not going to come back to me not having accomplished what it was sent to do. Which means I know you've been speaking healing over your life for a few months and you ain't seen it. But that word will not return to you void. I know you've been speaking in and to your family for a little while. See, I didn't even throw it. I didn't even throw it. I know you've been speaking to your family for a little while. And it don't seem like nothing is changing. But the book says. Somebody say the book says. The book says that that word shall not return to you void. It's going to do what he said it's going to do. What I What I says? What That's why I have you lay your hands on yourself and declare things over your life. And that's why every morning you need to wake up over yourself and declare stuff over your own life. You shall live and not die. Everything is working together for your good. No weapon that is formed to get you. Why am I speaking that? Because when I speak it, it can't come back to me not having accomplished what it was sent to do. But check this out. The principle works both ways. Whatever you speak in is not going to return back to you void. So if you're speaking death, and if you're speaking poverty, and if you're speaking lack, and if you're speaking drama, and you're speaking mess, well, don't be surprised when it doesn't come back to you void. You are today because of where you are today, because of what you were speaking this time last year. So, Bishop, how do I work this? How do I speak right? I know my bones say blank, but the word says blank. Now take this out. I know I know some of y'all busy, busy, busy just be so tough sometimes. Can, 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 I, can I let you know a secret? I figured out something about, about uh, the world, particularly America. It's not the right one that wins the fight. It's the loudest one right often doesn't win in fact that's why jesus jesus prayed jesus prayed this prayer he said that kingdom come that will be done on earth as it is in heaven why why would god have to pray that his will would be done because it tells us that his will often isn't done y'all, y'all not here you, you, you didn't get what i said uh, what, what, what i says say the loud one, the loud one. Wins, the fight. wins the fight so so here's my question who is it going to be that's going to win this fight Because when fear starts talking, guess what? It might not shut up at all. But sometimes you might just have to walk out there scared and just keep on talking. You might have to be like Peter. Just walk out on that water. And you might be scared, but I'm going to keep on talking. I'm going to keep on talking. And I'm going to keep on talking. And I'm going to keep on talking. Because the loudest one wins the fight. Let me prove it to you. You ever had an argument with somebody? And you were the one trying to be the voice of reason. But they were the loud one. Who won? They did. More often than not. See, ladies figured that out a long time ago. <laughs> oh, ladies, don't look at me like that. Didn't you figure that one out a long time ago? Well, honey, just... No, honey, I don't know that. All right, fine, 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 fine. I win. <laughs> I'm just being funny. Say the loud, the loud one. Wins the fight. Alright, Here's the third point. We're going into fourth gear and then we're going halfway through this. We're going to move on because I'm running out of time. So he fought right. He spoke right. And guess what happened as a result of those two things coming together? He manifested the kingdom. Now, now, now I'm going to make this make sense because i said, going what's the kingdom? He had a church building? No, I'm, fin- I'm going to teach you. Watch this. Ezekiel changed the entire environment of the valley. It was a valley of death, but it became a valley of death uh, of life. Can I suggest this to you? That your presence scares Satan. The truth is, I don't know why you act like you're running from him, because he ain't chasing you. He's trying to run away from you. Your presence brings life to dead stuff. That's why for some of y'all, you always wonder why folk always want to be around me. Because when they get around you, they get life. That's why some of you on your job. Why are they always coming to you with your problems? Because when they're around you, they get life. And that's what the enemy knows. And death and life can't live in the same place at the same time. Now watch this, y'all. Watch this. Ezekiel didn't know that the bones could live again until he was right in the middle of a situation. And what was in him had to Manifest. Jesus says it's not what goes into a man that defiles him or defines him. It is what comes out of a man that defiles or defines him. Check this out. Bishop, what are you saying? Bishop, what are you saying? What was in Ezekiel then if this valley of death turned into a valley of life? The kingdom. You're not getting it. You're not getting it. You're, you're, what, what's this? When you are in adverse circumstances, uh, often, hear me, change has to manifest from inside of you. And while you're waiting on circumstances to change, God is saying, I'm waiting on you to manifest something. Okay, okay watch this. We've got to walk this out. We've got to walk this out. Watch this out. Uh, we often, uh, there used to be this big craze in, in, in Christianity where they had all these braces. WW, which stands for? Okay, so, so, so let's ask that question. What would Jesus do had he been placed in a valley of dry bones? He would do the same thing that Ezekiel did he'd speak until he saw what he wanted Bishop, how do you know that? Let's go ask Lazarus. Lazarus was dead to the point to where he was stinking in his grave. And when Jesus shows up, Jesus doesn't get the oh, God, this is so bad. Lord, he dead. Yeah, he dead. Oh, he gone. Jesus just walked up and said, Lord, you hear me? And I know you always hear me. And what did he do? He spoke right. (laughs) He started thinking right, then he spoke right. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. You know why he said Lazarus? Because if he didn't call his name, everybody that was dead would have got up. Bishop, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Jesus would manifest an environment that was contrary to the current circumstance and condition. And that is what God is asking of us to do today in the Valley of Dry Bones. Rather than complaining about your bones, manifest something. But let me walk in another further because I need to make you get this. I need to make you get this. Say manifest Manifest the kingdom. kingdom. Now, Now, what is the kingdom, Bishop? The kingdom, very simply, is heaven's attributes on earth. It is God's modus operandi, how God does things. Real simply, it is heaven on earth. Now, let me say, Bishop, Bishop make that plain for me. And I've talked about the kingdom a million times, but I had to get at least one of them in this year. Watch this. Are people sick in heaven? No. Is there a disease in heaven? No. Marital drama in heaven? No. no, heaven don't have that. Y'all got to take that out there. Y'all, don't, don't come in here with all that bad kids in heaven no. No. could you imagine I mean could you imagine Jesus walking around and some little kids acting bad all he had to do just yes lord yes lord yes what's this what's this is there stress in heaven no, no. financial problems in heaven no. no so when we say manifest the kingdom it may sound bizarre but it's bible it is you manifesting an environment that is different than the current environment you're facing. That's what happened in Ezekiel 37. Now somebody said, Bishop, Bishop how do I do that? Real simple, real simple. The kingdom does not spend time on problems. It only has solutions. B- Bishop, prove it. When Jesus was healing people, he never stated the problem. Lord, he's blind. He'd been blind for a long time. But all oh, if you're willing, won't you heal him? Won't you do it? He didn't do that. You know what he did? He said, "Let me make some mud. Put this on. Open your eyes. He manifested the kingdom. Woman comes with an issue of blood and she's pressing through a crowd. She's pressing through a crowd and she touches the zit zit of his garment as a Hebrew rabbi. She touches the hem of his garment and she touches it. And the Bible says immediately power leaves him. Jesus looks around and says, somebody touch me. All, all of Jesus' staff is like, well, Lord, there's a ton of people touching you. What are you talking about? He's like, no, nah, I ain't talking about church touching me. I'm talking about kingdom touch me. Somebody kingdom touch me. Somebody wanted to manifest an environment that was contrary to their current circumstances. Somebody got serious about change. Now, now, take this out. Take this out. Take this out. Now, say, Bishop, how can I manifest the kingdom? in my valley of dry bones. Okay, good. I'm going to walk you through this and then we're going to shout real good. Or at least I'm going to shout. You can do what you got to do. The, listen, the kingdom is not a place. It is a people with a different mindset. Now, Luke 22:29. 29. Don't flip there. They're going to put it on the screen. Luke 22, 29. Jesus has given us the kingdom. Watch this. And I bestow upon you a kingdom just as my Father has bestowed one upon me. Now, check this out. Jesus isn't asking us to manifest something we don't have. Somebody saying, "I just don't know how I'm gonna change." Yes, you do. It's just in a part of you that ain't nobody ever tapped into. I don't know how this is gonna be different. Yes, it will be. It's just in a part of you that you've not tapped into yet. But I'm glad you ought to be glad that you stopped by here today so that you can touch a part of you and access a part of you that you've not accessed before. Now look at this. 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 Uh, somebody said, well, where is the kingdom?" Luke 17 20. Do not flip there. Note takers, just write it down. They can put it on the screen because y'all can't take my preaching time. Luke 17, 20. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Verse 21. Nor will they see, say, Here it is over here. Here it is over there. Check this out. I need you to read this for me. One, two, ready, read. For indeed. Read it again. Now what is the kingdom? Heaven's attributes on earth. Which means you can tell people when they ask you, you just think you heaven on earth. So am. Heaven lives on the inside of me. And inside of me, there is a realm to change the environment. Which means hell could be going on around me. But I got heaven inside of me. Which means this, watch this, watch this, watch this, I'm almost through. Which means that we quit waiting on the circumstances to change. Because the change is going to come from out of you. Not from around you. Did you get that? Now lay your hands on yourself. Say the kingdom. kingdom. Heaven. Heaven. Heaven's attributes. attributes are Are in me. Right now. You understand that? You understand me, Bishop? heaven couldn't be inside of me i make mistakes see you don't understand the bible it ain't even about your mistakes when jesus hung and died and then he died when he hung and died he said i got your mistakes i got your issues i got your fail i got that touch your name and say he's got that so the issue is not an issue of whether or not i'm worthy enough for the kingdom the issue is is can i just be obedient to receive it I, he gave it to me as a free gift. When that woman with the issue of blood was healed, where did that come from? In Jesus. When the apostles were walking around healing people, where did that healing come from? In them. It wasn't something out here. It was in them. And when what's in you connects with what's in him, when those two realms connect, then all of a sudden you have what's called manifesting the kingdom. Okay, I, I just want to walk you through this real quick. You okay? I just gotta. I just make sure you understand it. Then we're going to shout about it. Now watch this. My question is, well, what does the kingdom give me? What does it give me? It's in me. That's nice. That's cool. What does it give me? Watch this. Somebody say authority. Authority. Now watch this. It gives you more. I've taught on that before, but the only thing I want to deal with right now is authority. Say there's more. There's more. Okay, but the only thing I want to talk about today is just the authority. Now, now here's what I need you to do to understand uh, authority. Here's what I need you to do to understand authority. Uh, watch this. Ezekiel, not only did he not know whether or not the bones could ever live again, Ezekiel didn't have the power to put the bones together. Bishop, what do you mean he didn't know what bone went where he didn't have the manpower to get the bones to line up he didn't know how to do that he didn't know how to where was he going to get the flesh from where was he going to get the muscles where about to send you? how was he going to get, how was he going to get all that to come together he didn't possess the power which the Greek word there is dunamis or the action he didn't possess the actions necessary to bring it to pass but that was okay because Ezekiel possessed something called exousia exousia is the Greek word for authority now let me give you the difference when a police officer stands up and and stops traffic. They do not have the power to stop my truck. You ain't got the power to do that. Watch this. Uh, 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 Or your car. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. this? this? If your car is coming at somebody 45, 50 depending on where you at, 75, 90 miles an hour. (laughs) Don't be acting like you don't be. Because some of y'all know when you get on that E470 you be checking down the road like uh, watch this. You don't possess, uh, an officer could get up and, and, and they, could, they could put their hand up. They don't possess the power to stop those cars. They don't have the power to do that. But they got something greater than power. That badge that has been issued by the government gives them the, uh, Authority. Ah, Come on, come on, come on! I'll use it again. So Ezekiel didn't have the power to put the bones together, but he did have the authority to speak to them and watch them come together. And so, because heaven lives on the inside of you and the kingdom is inside of you, the problems you're facing, you may not have the power to do nothing about. But you got something better than power. You got something called authority, which means I can decree a thing and watch a thing be established. I can speak to death and see life. I can speak. The mess and see it turn around. Amen. So watch this. If a car is coming at an officer, he can he can put up his hand. But watch this. If you go out there with your suit on or jeans, whatever you got, folks gonna look at. It. Well, who are you? Paul, I know. <laughs> Jesus, I know. Who are you? If you would walk out right now on the two twenty-five. And put your hand up. You know what folks are going to be looking for? The sign of authority. Where's your badge? Where's your authority? Who said you could get in the middle of the road and do this? When you receive the kingdom. And Bishop, when do I receive it? When you're born again, he places it in you. When you become a Christian, he places it in you. Through the process of maturity and growth, it's extracted out of you. You want to get oil out of an olive? Crush it. You want to get perfume out of a flower? Crush it. Some of you have been saying, Bishop, I've been going through a crushing because he's getting the kingdom out of you. God, I'm so Take this out. So Ezekiel is looking at these bones. He's like, I don't have the power to do this. He says, but I do have the authority to do this. And you don't really know the authority you have until it's challenged. Verse 7. Here it is. Watch it. It says, verse 7 of Ezekiel 37. I apologize. Ezekiel 37. I want you to see it. Ezekiel 37, verse 7. That's my fault. It says, So I used my authority as I was commanded and I spoke. And there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together. Boom, to bone read this verse with me so I prophesied as I was commanded no 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 no. you, you, you didn't get it you didn't get it you didn't get it get my Shamir you didn't get it you didn't get it you didn't get it verse 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 7 read it with me one two ready read so I prophesied. And I was commanded, and as I there was a noise, and suddenly it rattling, and the bones came together bone to bone. No, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait minute, stop, 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 stop. Wait, wait, wait. Y'all just shouting because you know that's what I said you're supposed to do, but you don't know what you're shouting for. That's right, Bishop. That's What are talking about? I don't know, girl. <laughs> so I use my authority. Like I was told to. And as I spoke right. Because I first thought right. Then it got noisy. But after the noise. Came a suddenly. God if you'll give me a church full of faith. I'll do something here. So I used my authority as I was commanded. And when I spoke right. Because I first thought right, there was a noise, and then there was a suddenly. So I prophesied. Look at the neighbor. So why is your mouth closed? So I looked at debt. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. Come on, man. And suddenly there was a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. What's this? What's this? And I looked at my dysfunctional family. And I used my authority as I was commanded and there was a noise and then there was a suddenly. So I looked at the generational curses of the bloodline and I spoke to them as I was commanded and there was a noise and suddenly there was a rattling. Y'all not hear what I'm saying. So I looked at the broken pieces of my life and I started speaking. I just need some faith people in this place that understand the verse that when I start speaking, it's going to be some suddenlies, that when I start declaring, there's going to be some suddenlies. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. So I said, Bishop, why you got on a Superman cake? This is Shamir. This is the garment of the prophet. This is what Ezekiel wore. This is what Elijah wore. This is what the men of God in the scripture. This is what they wore. And this was their mantle. So in other words, when they put this on, there's nothing significant about the garment. There was something significant about when the garment touched the man. Because when the garment touched the man and the man touched what was on inside of the man, the man manifested the kingdom. Now watch this. Verse 7 says, read it with me. So I prophesied and I was... Hold on, let me fix that because somebody else said... No, let's pronounce it right. So I prophesied I prophesied. Amen. If you're going to tell folk you go to harvest, you need to speak right. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And suddenly, stop. The way out of this valley... It's through your mouth. I think right so I can speak right so I can manifest the kingdom.
0: Since 1981, Unbound has
1: connected people like you with families worldwide on their self-directed paths out of poverty. A brighter future is possible for these families when we all
0: walk together, sponsor a child today and you'll help a family take the first steps on their path. Change their future in just one click.
1: Start walking with your new friend today at unbound.org
0: walk. Experiences are what people love the most about travel.